Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Today we sit down with Chika Tarada of Sansan. His company's got a really unique approach to managing business relationships on both a personal and corporate level through using business cards. Now, those of you outside Japan have probably never heard of Sansan, but you're going to very soon because they're expanding really aggressively into the U.S. and Southeast Asian markets. Chika's a great guy, and this turned out to be a really good interview.、Uh, we'll talk about his expansion plans into the U.S., the importance of business cards in Japan, and、uh, about his own challenges in moving from a really large Japanese multinational to start his own company. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this one a lot. So here we go. So I'm sitting here with Chika Tarada,、uh, the CEO and founder of Sansan. And thanks for sitting down with us today. Thank you for having me here today. It's our honor.、Um, rather than have me explain、mm-hmm. what Sansan does and this, the services you offer, why don't you explain it in your own words? Okay, sure.、Um, it is very simple.、Uh, we do business card management. We provide business card management services now in Japan.、Um, the, uh, by this, I mean we help companies and individuals manage their、uh, relationship through business cards.、Okay. Now, I think most people that are listening will know about Card Munch and、uh, what Evernote does.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but the term business card management, I think, will be a new idea to them.、Mm-hmm. So, what you do is much more than simply scan in information,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the part of scanning and transcribing may be similar to Kalmanch. And、uh, beyond that point, there is a big difference. We have two services one for companies, and the other is for, the other for、uh, business individuals. The company version is called Sansan,、uh, it's the same name as a company. And、uh, what Sansan does, Is to you know, provide a platform for you as a company to share and manage connections. It's like a sharing solution. So in Japan, we can compete with Salesforce.com in the area of CRM solution. So it sounds like you're, by business card management, it's really a sort of a bridge between a simple scanning service、mm-hmm. like CardMunch and a more complete corporate CRM、that's、solution right, like、right. Salesforce. In a sense, yes. You know, but our idea is,、uh, you know, if you simply put the business cards that your company has, it's going to be a CRM database, right? Right. Because when you approach, when you, when, if you like to approach some company that you don't have access there, but it, with Tansan, you can do a search of a company's database to see if someone in your company knows someone in that company. About our、uh, individual one, I mean,、right. our service for individual, which is called Eight. It is a business card management application. And also, it's intended to become like LinkedIn based on business cards. Is eight the full system just without the sharing and collaboration? Let me tell you how eight works. Okay. Okay, so,、uh, you know,、uh, firstly, you are required to register your own business cards. It's gonna be your profile card, we say. And then you start taking the photos of business cards you receive. Then, like we do in Sansan, We transcribe all the business cards accurately in the back end. You know. Then you get your database on the cloud. Then the, you know,、uh, how it is similar to LinkedIn is that you can connect with people on Edge. What that means is if you take photos of mine, 
my, my business card, then I'm already on the network. So we connect with each other. So after connecting with each other, you are referring to the cards that I register as my profile card. Oh, so I then see. you can expect me to update. So if I move to another company, then you know. Or if you if you get a promotion or that's change right, your that's right. your uh, phone number, that's right. all your contacts that's are updated right. at once. Actually, it's the biggest database of professionals in Japan already. That's a that's a fascinating approach. Yeah, it's interesting because the Japanese, well, Asia in general, but mm. Japan in particular, uh, view business cards in a very very different way mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. say Americans do. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you explain a bit about that? Some well, of the most yeah. important differences. You know, um, Japanese people exchange business cards all the time when you meet someone for the first time. I would say uh, it's like a shaking hands for American people. You should give your business cards, and you must receive the business cards. But business card, the use of business cards has really changed. Um, so I, I've been in Japan for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And when I first started doing, doing business in Japan, I had long boxes and boxes mm-hmm. of hundreds of these business mm-hmm. cards. The business card would tell you the person's position, how mm-hmm. you needed to talk to that person, mm-hmm. what kind of questions it was acceptable to ask that person. Mm-hmm. Without the card, you really didn't know how to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has that changed in Japan, or is it still very formal that way around business cards? I think it's still very formal. For example, in Japan, you were supposed to put the business cards in order on the table, you know, right. as you see people sitting in front of you, so that you match the card of the contents to someone, and this this person, that person. Quite a complicated protocol, isn't right, it? Yeah. Right. right. Well, that's the way we still do in Japan. Of course, you know, people uh, who are familiar with the U.S. culture, U.S. business culture, I know that LinkedIn is replacing, you know, the function of business cards somehow. And uh, people, instead of bring business cards, they just uh, connect on the LinkedIn afterward, right? Right. Actually, maybe I'm just been in Japan too long. I still mm-hmm. prefer getting the mm-hmm. business cards. It helps me remember that's who I'm right. meeting. As a tool to exchange business contacts, uh, business cards still st- still a good way for you to uh, change business contacts because it's easy to bring and it's uh, easy to you know receive contents. They're uh, pretty formalized. Form- you know, in Japan, we were talking the 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 business cards are very important to explain the hierarchy of mm-hmm. the people you meet. Does the Sansan system also show that hierarchy? Does it model that hierarchy as well? You know, as to our corporate version, Sansan, uh, the service includes the function of, you know, a drawing uh, organization tool, organization chart. You know, uh, all the business cards have uh, the uh, titles and uh, groups or organizations that they belong to. So it can actually help you figure out who the right person to that's contact right, right. in that organization that's is. Right, that's right. Although I have to say it's getting harder. 20 years ago, there was a very small number of titles that everybody mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. It was like the military. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a rank. That's right. Now there's a lot of companies sort of inventing their own titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that's, that's it's true. difficult to tell who people are sometimes. This is true. I mean, you know, so title doesn't tell you that much. 
you know, compared to the before. That's true. But still, it has some information, right? It has some level of uh, content. Now, uh, Sansan is expanding into mm-hmm. both uh, the U.S. and the Singapore markets, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, both exciting and absolutely crazy mm-hmm. at the same time. What's been your experience in those two markets so far? As to the Asian market, we are taking aid to it. I mean, for uh, aid is for uh, Asian market, and the Sansan is for the U.S. market. So you're you're for. Uh, the Asian market, you're focusing more on the individuals, and on the U.S., you're focusing on the corporate? That's right. That's right. That's interesting. What was the reason behind that strategy? Well, first of all, uh, like you said, you know, business culture across Asia is similar. So uh, people still need to manage their business class, and the people are seeking a great tool to manage business class, right? right. And uh, there is a space for us to come in uh, uh, just by providing a great business card management application. For the U.S. market, like you said, people don't use business cards that much, I mean, compared to Asian countries, right? Right, right. Then, but the, uh, they still need to manage uh, customer relationships as they use CRM solution like Salesforce.com. And like I said, business cards are the best tool to manage she customer relationship and the market itself is much much bigger than Japan bigger than any of Asian countries right right, right. so uh, we don't know yet if we can penetrate into the market or not but there should be a chance for us it's, it's certainly an interesting approach mm-hmm. and I always love solutions that blend new technology mm-hmm. with very traditional technology mm-hmm. like business cards very traditional technology <laughs> yeah you can call it so, so far, what has been your biggest challenge in moving into the overseas markets, either in Asia or in North America? Yeah. You know, our first challenge is the U.S. market. What we've done is to change the business model, change the you know, marketing model itself. Two years ago, uh, I thought about the U.S. market a lot. At the time, I thought about moving to the U.S. market, to the U.S. myself. So the, moving the whole company? whole company, uh, I moved to the U.S., I lived there. Wow, that's... But that shouldn't be successful, I think. What made you decide to stay in Japan? Because we have a lot of Japanese startups now are moving to the that's U.S. True, that's true. So what, what made you stay here? There were several reasons. First of all, what I found was that you know we use all the applications from the U.S., Google, Gmail, in a company, in, in this company, or Yammer, or Zendesk, Amazon, AWS. Right. We use all of them. But, you know, I remember nobody came to us to sell. We just bought ourselves because the product is great and the product itself is penetrating to us without any sales activity. So you wanted your product to speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Japan, how we, you know, uh, grew the market was more of sales and marketing driven. We can do, we could do it because we, we knew the market. We could hire good people. Uh, we, we ourselves, you know, did sales, right. marketing better, right? But you had your networks yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. You have to let the product speak. Yeah. Now, 
Your background mm -hmm. is is very different from a lot of the the entrepreneurs that mm -hmm. I talk to in Japan. I mean, mm -hmm. you you spent most of your your career at Mitsui, right, right. Mitsui Busan, which is a very large very traditional large. traditional Japanese company. company. Yeah, that's true. So, what made you decide to to leave Mitsui and and found a company? Well, you know, even before joining Mitsui, I decided to start my own company. Actually. Really? Yes, from the childhood. Okay. Maybe it was a natural choice for me to think about it because my father ran his own business. And uh, I was uh, very ambitious even in my childhood. Okay. So oh, I should try something big. Then naturally, me, trying something big means making a big business. So why, why go into Mitsui? That's... that's, that's that's something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if it was, a, it was the best choice or not, but, uh, you know, at the time I thought about, I first needed to understand or study about the mechanism of big Japanese companies. Uh, I wanted to build up my uh, skill and experience in a big company. So did it, did it, did it work? Did you get a chance to work with startups and... Yeah, I mean, you know, my career at Mitsui is a bit different from, you know, usual Mitsui guys, I think. Mitsui is a collection of uh, specialized business unit. It's ranging from food, textile... Right, it's a huge conglomerate. Yeah, huge conglomerate. And uh, IT business it is, it was uh, relatively a newly established one. At the time, and I, I joined that unit. So, did it have a lot of independence? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that so is good. That's why, you know, that was a good choice for me. For example, I spent one and a half years in Japan, and then after that, I was, uh, I was sent to the US, and uh, I, I, I had a chance to live in the US for one and a half years. My mission there was to find the prominent venture companies in the US. And take them into Japanese market. So I visited many, many Jap U.S. startups at the time. So that was a great experience for me. So you were already quite familiar with startup culture and entrepreneurs. By yeah, the time yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense, yes. I I got I got familiarized with you know U.S. startup economy. But even so, like jumping from working with entrepreneurs to mm -hmm. doing it yourself had to be a big change. Mm -hmm. What what was the, the most surprising thing you found when you started running your own company? I had decided to start my own company. Right. So while, even while working at Mitsui, I tried to not mix up the, you know, uh, my ability with the you know, uh, company's ability. Ah, yes. At the time, what I, the way I think is like, I can do this because the company name is big. Mitsui has a big name. Uh, Mitsui has a big trust. That's what I thought. But after I started, it was not true. You know, in IT field, you can do it yourself. So I try to be distant from the neighbor Mitsui. I committed to myself. I, I am alone. <laughs> so I, I need to do everything myself. I need to, so people maybe not, you know, uh, friendly to me or kind of thing. But, you know, as a matter of fact, people are still very helpful. And the people, you know, who got to know at Mitsui, 
really supported me anyway. Well, that's good. So people, it's it's nice to be surprised that way.、Mm-hmm. So people were more helpful and supportive yes, than you yes, thought. Yes, yes. That's great news. So what what did your what was the reaction from coworkers and and family when you left Mitsui to to start a company? Well, you know, I declared that I quit Mitsui in few years from the day one to my peers or to my colleagues. You know, everyone was expecting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yes. <laughs> well, now wait a minute, because I have friends who work at very large companies, and they're always telling me they want to leave this company and、right. start their own.、Um, I think both of us know that it's never going to happen. So, did they believe you, or did they think you were just、uh, one of these guys、person. talking? You know, in the end, they believed. Because you did it. But yeah, like you said, you know, I said uh, uh, I'm going to quit again, again. And、uh, but still, so even deciding to quit in the future, I mean, I I committed really、uh, seriously to the company. So in a sense, in that sense, maybe they're not skeptical about you know. Interesting.、Uh, yeah. So are they a customer now? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's one of the big customers. Right? <laughs> Excellent.、Yeah. What advice do you have for people who? Who are working at these large companies? Who are thinking of starting their own or, or dreaming about it? If I talk to people working for big companies about changing jobs or about starting companies,、right. what they say is, "Oh, there is something left for me to finish in this company," kind of thing. So they think their their work isn't finished yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But、uh, my advice to them is, your work never finishes. <laughs> well, never finished. So you need to decide. So they just need to set a deadline and, yeah, and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, company always give you new, new challenge. Yeah, there's always new yeah, work coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if you have a real deadline,、mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference between like a plan and just a dream. Yeah, yeah. So were, were your your parents and family very supportive of the idea when you、yeah. said, "I want to start a new company, start my own company"? They said, "That's great." Yeah, I think so.、Uh, I don't remember that well, but yeah, I'm very proud of you know that I I joined Mitsui because Mitsui is a big good company anyway. But you know, my father after joining Mitsui, I had a lot of opportunities there, right? And a lot of challenging assignments there, and my father always supported. I mean, for my father. Suddenly, I said to him, "I'm going to quit." Maybe, yeah, he was supportive in the first place, every step of the way. Yeah, because he,、uh, because maybe you know, he worked for some big company, fifteen years. Then he started his own company. Okay, so maybe he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the time was much different from the time of mine because it was like. Thirty-five years ago, forty, forty, forty years ago. So lifetime in,、uh, employment was more popular. It, it mean, was solid, yeah. Yeah, it was、It's、solid. Nobody, nobody got fired no, from no, big companies thirty-five、no. years ago, even though he started. It, it is right now. I think is a very exciting time in Japan.、Um, the whole attitude towards startups、mm-hmm. is is really changing. That's right.、Um, early on. 
when you were talking to very large Japanese companies mm -hmm. saying you should use our service, mm -hmm. were they pretty open to the idea of working with a small startup mm -hmm. they'd never heard of? Or are they still resisting that idea? Still resisting. I mean, you know, Japanese uh, big companies tend to prefer, you know, proven solution, proven tools. They are reluctant to become the, uh, you know, first users. It hasn't changed a lot. I really? Mean, yeah, but still. But how do you get around that? How? What's you? You have some Sansan has some very large. Famous Japanese customers. How did you convince them to work with you and to give you a chance? So that the uh, one successful case speak a lot to right. all Japanese companies. For example, uh, Mitsui is using this. Then other company in the same industry may be more interested in it. You know that should happen in all the in all over the world. But in Japan, that tendency is more. Um, obvious. Yeah. So the first one is really hard, yeah, and then yeah. it gets easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now these days, uh, a lot of startups, even very early stage startups in Japan, have an idea that they need to go global. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As a, a startup company that really is going global, do you think that all Japanese startups should be looking at the global market? In general, Japanese market is nice size. Yeah. I mean, you can make money, you know, nice money, uh, only in Japanese market. So in that sense, you can focus on Japanese market. That makes sense anyway, right? You can be very profitable here, yeah. but um, you chose to move overseas mm -hmm. rather quickly. So yeah. what was the reason for that? Why not stay in Japan and, and make lots of profit? Maybe it's because of our vision, you know. Our mission statement. Our mission statement is that um, creating a resource from everyday business encounters and transform the way the world works. Or the vision should be would be the vision is change the world to be a better place, right? I mean, right. you know, it's simply saying Japan. You know, I, I hear I went to a panel discussion last week, and mm -hmm. a lot of VCs were saying Japan is in a a startup bubble and there's too many startups <laughs> here, but VCs always complain they pay too much. <laughs> um, but I think things are getting better in Japan. Mm. Um, what are some of the most positive trends in Japan now for startup companies? Mm. What, what's going right in Japan? In general, working people are more interested in working for venture companies or for starting startup companies. And uh, they are more interested in starting their own companies compared to the before. Why do you think that is? Well, there are several reasons. Maybe, you know, uh, again, uh, these days you can find very successful young entrepreneurs in terms of money, in terms of you know, recognition, right. and so on. Then the, it seems easier be than before. I mean, the money is ready there. I mean, the the BC money is more of a commodity these days. Yeah, there there is a lot of VC money around. Right, but it seems like starting a company has become more socially acceptable. Yeah, than that's it was true. That's right. that's true. Yeah, and uh, the Japanese government is supporting, and that message from the Japanese government is uh, is changing the perception of startups. I think. Okay, 
So do people think they are less risky, or is it just they become more of a mainstream occupation? Mainstream. Maybe mainstream is too strong a word. Too strong, too loud. Maybe you know people still work in big companies. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So startups are good to the、uh, society. That's the message. Are good to the economy on the whole. That's the message coming out from the government, right? So people see startups. People see starting a company as a social good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is important. Yeah, and that is new, I suppose. Yeah, that's new. Huh? And,、uh, it's really logical and reasonable. I mean, unless otherwise government pushed the idea of starting companies, you know, Japanese economy cannot be sustainable. I in the end, I think so. Yeah, and it's I I think that there does seem to be an agreement at least. Uh, intellectually,、mm-hmm. from the government, from the universities,、mm-hmm. from the big companies,、mm-hmm. that the future is in little companies. Yeah, yeah. But Japan has always been very good at top-down decisions,、mm-hmm. and Japan has always had a lot of trouble with bottom-up、right. decisions. It seems like startups are going to have to be a bottom-up movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So、uh, you know, maybe the word of bencha or bencha company. You know,、uh, became popular in Japanese society was around 2000 or 2001, and it's been it's already been 15 years. So the generation, I mean, the you know, industry is more mature, I think. Right. So there are serial entrepreneurs now. You know, you know,、That's、you、true. can find serial entrepreneurs recently. That's a new phenomenon. That's true. Yeah. Then you know, are you as a sincere entrepreneur? <laughs> I've started a few.、Uh, you know, but the, you were not native Japanese, right? No. But you know, there are a few native Japanese sincere entrepreneurs these days, right? Yeah. They are very supportive to the economy. Well, I mean, and I, I think another really positive trend is that some of these serial entrepreneurs. Are now investing in new that's companies. Right, that's right. That's right. So we have a new generation of angels. Yeah, that yeah, are coming online.、Yeah. So those money, I mean, the, those angel investors, are not only about money, but also about real advice or real help that the startups、uh, needs, right? And and that's quite a bit different from traditional Japanese VCs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Traditional Japanese VCs means the、uh, you know. Venture、uh, arm of big companies, right? Right. So the people、Jaffos、there, and the yeah, and <laughs>、uh, all from big companies. They don't know about startups. No. But those、uh, new angel、uh, investors know about startups, and they have money enough to invest. Well, it sounds like you're very optimistic about startups in Japan. Yeah, I'm very optimistic. Unless I can't be optimistic about the future of Japan itself. Okay, with all of the positive. Optimistic things going on. If you could change one thing、mm-hmm. in Japanese society or legal framework、mm-hmm. or way of thinking to improve startups in Japan, what、mm-hmm. would you change? If I could change the perception of、uh, big companies, I mean,、uh, the executives of big companies, that'd be great. I mean, so to change the way that large company executives look at startups. Now look at the employees. Oh, okay. How should it change? I mean, in general cases, in general, in general,、uh, if you quit big companies, 
the company may think that you betrayed. In a sense, of course, it's changing a bit. But the uh, in my sense, in my thought, it's better for the company itself. I mean, yes, that is true. You lose one talent, but uh, if you can accept him to come back in the future, you can, you know. Uh, build a uh, ecosystem around your company. A stronger network. Yeah, a stronger network. Well, I think that's a really interesting point. And there have been some of the foreign companies have done that very well in Japan. Oracle mm. has a very powerful yeah. alumni network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so does IBM for that matter. Yes, yes. So there, there are plenty of examples where this works in Japan. Mm. Yeah. Well, listen, Chika, thanks for sitting down and Thank talking you. to me. Thank you. And we'll look forward to hearing uh, great things about you and Sansan in America was and the rest it, of Asia. Was it okay? I mean, it's great. Okay. Listen, if you want to get in touch with Tarada-san or to uh, see links to any of the resources we talked about during the show, take a look at the show notes at disruptingjapan.com and leave a comment. If you like what we're doing, please go to iTunes, leave us a good review. That's really the best way you can help us get the word out and to support the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening.